Welcome back to React Native Radio Podcast. Brought to you by the internet, I assume. Episode 193, Flutter 2, How It Compares to React Native. Hey everyone, welcome to the React Native Radio Podcast, where we explore React Native together. I'm your host, founder and CTO of Infinite Red, Jamin Holmgren. I'm also on the React Native core team and primary maintainer of MobX State Tree. I'm joined by my astonishing co-host, Robin. Robin Heinz is a senior software engineer located in Portland, Oregon. She works at Infinite Red, specializing in React Native. What's up, Robin? Oh, not much. I swear you've used astonishing before. Are you starting to recycle your words? I, I, I think I have. I think I have. Uh, you know, it's actually hard because I don't have a list of them. So I just have to go and like, actually, no, they're always made up on the fly, right? Like I never actually like go look them up in the Okay, we need, to, we need to turn to Twitter. We need Twitter to give us suggestions for we do need for yes, adjectives need. that Jamin can use to describe his co-hosts because <laughs> they're getting stale. They're getting stale. I'm starting to reuse them. This is well. I, I show, it shows that we have some longevity here in this, in this podcast. <laughs> it's true. Harrison true. Aditi could not make it today, so it's just Robin and me again. We don't have a guest on this uh, particular episode, which, by the way, is sponsored by Infinite Red. Infinite Red is a premier React Native design and development agency located fully remote in the USA. We have years of React Native experience since it was released and deep roots in the React Native community. We're the hosts of Chain React, the conference, and published a React Native newsletter to over 12,000 subscribers. Infinite Red is the best choice for your next React Native app. Hit us up at hello at infinite.red. You can email me directly, jamin at infinite.red. And learn more on our website, infinite.red slash React Native. Don't forget to mention that you heard about us through the React Native radio podcast. We love hearing that. Also, Infinite Red is hiring React Native engineers. If you're a senior level React Native engineer located in the US or Canada, go to careers.infinite.red and fill out the fancy new form that I made. By the way, if you're not a React Native engineer and you're just checking out React Native radio and you're interested, but you are a senior level developer, you can still go and, and apply. Like, you don't have to be a senior level React Native engineer to apply. Uh, we, we've opened it up a little bit beyond that. So, if you are a React web developer, for example, or you uh, are just uh, very good at JavaScript and, and whatnot, and you're interested in getting into React Native, let us know. All right, let's get into our topic for today. So recently, Flutter 2 was released, and it made a big splash on Twitter. Flutter 2 released. There was an announcement from Google on their Google Developer blog I'm just going to go ahead and read the first couple paragraphs of their announcing Flutter 2 blog post. So they say, today we're announcing Flutter 2, a major upgrade to Flutter that enables developers to create beautiful, fast, and portable apps for any platform. With Flutter 2, you can use the same code base to ship native apps to five operating systems, iOS, Android, Windows, macOS, and Linux, as well as web experiences targeting browsers such as Chrome, Firefox, Safari, or Edge. I noticed they didn't put IE in there. Interesting. 
Flutter can even be embedded in cars, TVs, and smart home appliances, providing the most pervasive and portable experience for an ambient computing world. So let me ask the obvious question. Uh, Why are we talking about Flutter on a React Native podcast? Well, we are rebranding. We're going to be Flutter 2 Radio going forward. Um, (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) Just joking. Uh, Clearly, Flutter... I think is probably the most viable cross-platform alternative to React Native. It's something that's been kind of floating out there as a, as like as we talk to clients, sometimes they ask, you know, should we use Flutter? Should we use React Native? That becomes kind of the discussion. Rarely, but sometimes people will ask, should we do Native or React Native? And even more rarely, you know, something like Ionic. But Flutter is kind of the most direct analog to it. So this is kind of about making sure we kind of know what else is out there and what our competitors yeah. are doing. Yeah. I mean, really the the point of this episode, I think, is we're talking to people who really haven't had time to kind of go dig into Flutter and see what it's all about. They want to have kind of the basics a little bit and they want to know what's what's new with, uh, with, uh, with Flutter 2. Let's start with what are the differences between Flutter 2 and Flutter 1? And I think we can keep this part short because we really want to talk about the differences between React Native and Flutter. But I think the big one is that they're now saying that it's for all platforms. So web is just as prominent as mobile, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like Flutter 1 was really focused on iOS and Android. There was some talk of Flutter for web, but it was sort of a second-class citizen in a lot of ways. But in, with this update, they're they're treating it as a first class platform, from what I can tell. So what's interesting is uh, in prepar- in preparation for this podcast, I actually installed Flutter and did the sort of demo app. And the first thing you do when you get your app sort of initialized, you run Flutter Run, and I was expecting a simulator to pop up, and what mm-hmm. it actually did was open a browser, and so the web experience was actually the first one that I saw. So I can mm-hmm. I could definitely see that web is pretty prominent in this release. Yeah. I I like that they are treating other platforms as first class citizens now. Because I do think that the benefit of using something like Flutter or React Native is really contained mostly in the ability to target other platforms. Uh there's you know, if we were just doing iOS like we used to do in, in the old days, eh, then I'd probably just be using Swift. Uh but React Native being able to target different platforms and now flutter that's a huge huge deal so yeah i think that's the big one and we'll get into this a little bit later but on web they're not really using the dom per se by the way if you're a flutter expert and we say something wrong you know we're not flutter experts here on this show (laughs) feel free to correct us you can uh you can tweet at us and and let us know where we went wrong but from what I understand, it doesn't use the DOM. It uses uh, like Canvas. It's like painting on Canvas, uh, on on uh, the Canvas HTML element, rather than using DOM elements like like React Native Web would. They also seem to have put together some partnerships. So, for example, Canonical, which makes Ubuntu, they are going to be building all of their apps in Flutter too, and uh, for Linux, really. So they're targeting Linux there. And uh, that that seems to be a first class citizen Uh, on the Microsoft side, even though Microsoft is pretty heavily invested in React Native with the Office team specifically, uh, it sounds like Microsoft Surface apps can be built using Flutter uh, now. And so that's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, 
And then uh, Toyota is also has some sort of a partnership where you can build automotive applications using Flutter. Oh, that's cool. So they're kind of reaching out into many different platforms. Whether those other platforms move the needle for you, I don't know. Uh, but they are they are something that they're they're trying to do. So that's kind of the, I guess, the basics of the differences between Flutter 1 and Flutter 2. But I think what we're more interested in and also what our audience would be more interested in is the differences between React Native and Flutter 2. I think the way that I've sort of, the takeaway I've kind of come out of uh, researching this is that Flutter seems to be more about immersive apps, where React Native seems to be more about traditional apps. Can you expand on what you mean by immersive? I think when you're trying to build basically the same experience across everybody, you know, every platform, then Flutter does a good job because it's not using the DOM necessarily. Well, I should mention, by the way, it does have a way to target the DOM using web components, but nobody seems to really use that. It's more, it's using Canvas mostly. It's probably more comparable to something like Unity, like a game engine in some ways, because it is controlling all the whole rendering uh, experience, everything about it. And so when you build an interface, it's going to look the same across all of your platforms. And you have a canvas, so you're just drawing on it. You can do whatever you want. Whereas React Native is more a tool to build what a native developer would already be building. Yeah, exactly. Because it's using like UI views. It's using the Android layout system. It's, It's kind of making those things closer to sim you know to the same as much as much as it can we talked about styling a, a few episodes ago and there are ways that it can try to make those things really converge but it, at the end of the day it's still using the platform the target platforms rendering engines and uh, and building UIs for that so to me that says more like traditional apps versus uh, flutter being more immersive and and, you know, again, this is something I haven't built an app in in Flutter. So this is uh, this is just my takeaway from having researched it for this episode. So then there's also the the probably the most obvious difference if you if you just take a look at a Flutter app versus a React mm-hmm. Native app, which is Flutter uses Dart, which is a language yeah. that I think Google developed specifically for this. Dart, probably unsurprisingly, looks kind of Java-esque. In yeah, some ways. it does. <laughs> Very reminiscent of Java. I'm not really a fan, to be honest, just to throw a little bit of my opinion in here. I've been, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be objective in this episode, but I'm going to throw in my, my opinion here and there. It's React Native Radio after all. <laughs> I don't know. Like Dart, it's okay. And it's fine. Like I can, I can code in any language. It's fine. It's, I'm not going to, you know, be like, I can't do this, you know, type of thing, but it's pretty Java-esque. And Java is just meh. <laughs> it, it almost seems like it's targeting Java developers, mm-hmm. whereas React Native is targeting web developers who build things in JavaScript. Yes. And it, it, even the fact that the recommended editor for building Flutter 2 apps is Android Studio. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, so, it's really, really weird being in Android Studio and being able to select an iOS simulator as a device target. It's very, <laughs> very strange. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, now you can build your your iOS apps in Android Studio. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. It is Google, after all. Yeah, I guess so. 
I mean, there's real reasons why they why they're going this direction for sure. Um, and Dart is fine. It's it has a lot of features. It's uh, it's a relatively modern language. It's evolved quite a bit over. Is it its, is it know, typed? It is, yeah. But it's typed. You know, I, I guess I, I should I should avoid saying you know being too critical, given that I haven't done a lot of but a lot of work in that. But to me, the type system seems like Java's, which is one of those type systems that is more friction, less help. <laughs> TypeScript to me is one of those things that it just seems like it helps you more than it it causes problems in most cases. Java is typing, and typing for the sake of typing. That's what it seems like. And maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm going to get hate mail. Uh, my email address is Robin at red. <laughs> but, uh, the, the thing is it's, uh, it's totally a, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely Java-esque. But it is a capable language for sure. And they've done some interesting things like they've certainly taken a, a page out of JSX, you know, book here. And they've uh, they, they have these things called widgets, which is pretty analogous to a component. It, yeah, very much so. And so I actually have a screenshot. You can't see it if you're listening to this podcast, but you can envision it in your in your mind. You'll tweet it out after I'll the tweet it out. Episode yes. released. You're using like this build function and that build function will, uh, you know, is, is or build method, I guess. And it uh, returns basically like children widgets. So you have things like you can, uh, the, the one I'm looking at right here returns a material wrapper, I assume material UI, and then has a child of center and a child of column. And then you can give it a property of main axis alignment and dot space evenly i guess i don't have that in my screenshot and then in the children you have like a button and an on pressed property which calls a method and a text element which you know shows a like a, a a variable string there so there's a lot of really familiar concepts yeah for sure and i mean i i can't really say that i prefer jsx over this necessarily i or mean JSX, we're just when not I first used to it, like it's if it's yeah. about what you're used to when I first saw JSX, I was repelled. I was like, "Why do why, I don't want to code in XML? Like, what's what is this?" <laughs> uh, but you know, ironically, because like in Android, layouts are done in XML in real XML. Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's fine. Like you can totally read it. And just like React Native, you have the full power of Dart within your components. It's not like a templating system. You actually do have the full power of a language inside of there. So. That's uh, that's kind of an interesting thing. It's actually pretty similar in a lot of ways. Just looking at the the code that that comes with a freshly initialized demo app, I mean, I it's it's just very familiar. There's a lot of really familiar mm. things like I see set yeah. state, I see mm. increment counter. I think I mean I see a lot of things that most app developers would be pretty comfortable with. Yeah, that makes sense to me. From that standpoint, it's pretty familiar. But yeah, you are definitely, you're you're working in Android Studio, you're working with Dart. By the way, Dart has, uh, it is very fast. It's built for speed. Hence and it the also name. Has, That's a very apropos I guess name. so, yeah. And they also have FFI support, so they can call out to C APIs. What is FFI? I'm actually asking for listeners who maybe don't know what FFI is, because I don't. You're looking it up, aren't you? I am. I actually don't know what it stands for. <laughs> Let the record show. Jamin had to Google it. <laughs> I 
I have to Google a lot of things. Don't we all? So FFI is foreign function interface, according to Wikipedia. So I you, most mostly you're FFIing into C, but basically it's like we're have we have two different languages and we need to call a like a function in the other language. That sounds like native bridging, kind of. It is, yeah. Except for like bridge, the bridge in React Native specifically is actually passing like a, a string that gets reinterpreted, like okay. serialized on the JavaScript side, sent over. And then unserialized, and then like, what method do we call now? Where FFI allows you to literally call, like, pass the execution path to the other program. Interesting. Yeah. So it's very fast. It's, it's extremely fast. Ruby, for example, has Ruby FFI, which is always a pain to compile for some reason when you're running bundle. But that allows you to call out to C functions and a lot of things that are, that need extra speed are written in, in C and uh, Ruby gems. Anyway, Flutter has that ability and that's, that's pretty cool. And by the way, React Native is getting that ability with the new architecture, which is not ready yet, but hopefully will be sometime this year. We'll, we'll be doing an episode to cover that for sure. So yeah, that's, that's a, so it's familiar syntax. It has a lot of uh, features, native code integration beyond FFI. Flutter sends messages to its hosts, which its host could be iOS or Android, or of course now web or whatever, over what they call a platform channel. So the host listens on the platform channel, receives a message, and then calls into platform-specific APIs using uh, you know the native programming language and sends a response back to the, the client. This actually sounds a lot like the, the React Native bridge, mm-hmm. this part of it. You'll see something called a method channel when you're calling back and forth between native code and and flutter however you can add native views to flutter view hierarchies but it comes with performance implications so react native views are native views so you can add a native view to a react native view without any performance problems like it's just you know natural it works really well there's no difference in performance there with flutter if you're doing a native view then you're going to have some problems because well, so you're having to something. integrate a native view into this like canvas yeah, system, and they right? do something funky with how they do their view har- hierarchy to make that work. But yeah, this is a, a this is kind of a problem of like building their own view hierarchy within. Because there are the some things platform. that you you just have to go native for. Yeah, um, you know, again, this is my understanding. I I could be wrong about it, but in my research, that seems to be the case. I the basically sort of the. The, the thought that I have kind of coming away from this is that the native integration in, in React Native is, is more mature and better. That may be, may not be the case, but that seems, that seems to be what it is for me. Most of the time people are just writing Dart and they're not really dropping down into native. However, it does compile to native code. And this reminds me of uh, an old system I used to use called RubyMotion, which allowed you to compile Ruby code into native code. So Flutter does allow you to compile dart into native code and that's different than react native react native you compile a javascript bundle which does communicate but it's running in like javascript core or hermes which is javascript engine and then it communicates to the native layer uh you're not compiling native code so that is something that is a difference there yeah definitely i'm not really sure like some people think native code always equals speed and that that's not always the case there were some places where React Native could could beat RubyMotion for sure, even though RubyMotion compiled to native code. So I, I'm 
you know, when you hear like it compiles to, to you know, sort of the native platform, don't automatically assume that that's speed. But I, I do think that Dart and Flutter have have pretty good performance overall. So you were playing around with Flutter. Did you get a chance to dive in and actually build any components or anything? Um, I wasn't able to actually build any components just because uh, the amount of time it would have taken to learn Dart. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind <laughs> yeah. of where I stopped. Yeah. Uh, but it was definitely interesting going through the installation process and getting mm-hmm. the environment set up and kind of comparing that to what what you have to do to get React Native running. It's a bit of a different experience. It's obviously, it's not JavaScript, so it's not through NPM. I actually just downloaded a zip file hmm. and then added some things to my shell path, pretty standard. Um, and then there's, what was actually kind of cool is the, you immediately run Flutter Doctor and it sort of walks you through getting everything you need for your environment like xcode oh that's nice xcode android studio all of the various android sdk stuff Mm -hmm. um and surprisingly when i first ran it almost everything was already checked so the the environment is pretty pretty similar to what you need for react native Mm -hmm. yeah um i didn't have to do much i had to upgrade upgrade xcode which i was actually needing to do for our react native project anyway uh and i had to install a couple of android tools that i didn't already have yeah but otherwise pretty pretty similar needs so if you're already set up for react native it should be pretty easy to get set up for flutter and the the app initialization was really fast Mm. like i don't remember what the command was but like just like flutter init whatever it was Mm -hmm. was like instantaneous which was pretty neat yeah that is cool and then I just ran Flutter Run, and it brought up the web version of the demo app. Uh, in order to get the iOS and Android to run, you have to have the simulator or the emulator already open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then assuming you have both of those open, as soon as you run Flutter Run, it makes you choose. Okay. So choose whether you're going to run on iOS. It detects what's open and says, hey, do you want to run on iOS or Android right. or web? And then... In order to edit code, it recommends using Android Studio, mm-hmm. uh, which I did. And there's a whole there's a plugin specifically for Dart, which is really neat. So it just like in Android Studio, you can select which device to target. And like I mm-hmm. said before, it was really really strange <laughs> selecting an iOS simulator in Android Studio, but somehow it knows. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, and for like package management, uh, it looks like there's a website called pub.dev. It's sort of a NPM repository oh, okay. thing. So you can use that to uh, download packages for Dart and Flutter. Um, so that's uh, that's interesting. I don't know how many, you know, like how many packages they have and what the quality is, obviously. That's a big question mark in my mind is like, uh, you know, whether they compare to React Native's ecosystem or not. I suspect due to market share that it's probably behind uh, to some degree, but, yeah, but that's just a assumption. Considering there's a lot of React Native packages, which are simply React packages, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that they share a lot of the same ecosystem. Yeah, and when we get into sort of the more opinion-heavy part of our podcast here, we're going to be talking about that. But <laughs> I will say, in terms of state management, Flutter does have a sort of normal, simple st- set state 
state management, just like React Native does. There's also Redux for Flutter and MobX for Flutter. Mm-hmm. So you can use your your favorite state management solution on Flutter. I don't think there's MobX state tree mm-hmm. for Flutter, but MobX original. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, getting some uh, some crossover ideas between the two. I actually think it's been amazing that, that React Native has had an alternative out there because I feel like that pushes the core team to deliver the type of experience that will compete. Absolutely. I mean, for a long time, it was just, well, we're miles above like Cordova and Mm -hmm. phone gap. So you get kind of complacent. And so having (laughs) a a competitor that's, that's offering a pretty similar experience. I want that flutter doctor experience in react native. Yeah. I I thought that was really, really helpful. I mean, there's, there's, Obviously, lots of of like tutorials and things out there to help you get your React Native environment set up. I know Infinite Red even has a course about it, but mm-hmm. having it just like be so integrated in the CLI itself was pretty neat. There is a React Native Doctor, and I don't know if you've used that in the past at all. Does it just tell you what you're missing, or does it actually have? I'm running commands right now, to help. So I'm going to see. What... Clearly, we use it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll see. I'll see what it. So what what was neat is like I had some SDK licenses that I needed to accept and I could actually accept them through the Flutter CLI. Oh, that's cool. Like it was just like inline. Yeah, rather than having to open up Android Studio Mm -hmm. and Xcode to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like Google's very good at that sort of thing, making Mm -hmm. things, scripting things. They have a lot of power behind, sort of Mm -hmm. development power behind that kind of tooling. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so uh, React Native Doctor, I, I ran it just now, actually. And it says uh, I had Node.js, Yarn, Watchman, and then I have an X by the JDK. My version, apparently, is is too far behind, so I need to update my JDK. Android Studio is checked off, but my Android SDK is uh, the wrong version, apparently. Everything else looks good. iOS Deploy, there's a warning. I guess I don't have that. There's actually an... I have not actually tried this. There's an... I can hit F to fix. Is this something that's been added since we? It must have been added more recently. First started doing it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so folks, fun uh, fact. Yes. <laughs> fun <laughs> fact. Uh, your your expert React Native hosts here have just discovered that React Native Doctor gives you some really cool tools. Run it. NP- npx React Native Doctor, and it does look like it. It updated a couple of things. It couldn't fix like the Android SDK, but there's some cool things there. Yeah. So let's let's talk about why React Native versus why Flutter 2, in our opinions. What are the kind of the big factors that, you know, obviously we're React Native fans, but what are the big factors that, that kind of play into these decisions? Well, I mean, React Native kind of has React JS as a community and a tech stack behind it. I mean, when you you kind yeah. of get the entire React JS community when you get React Native, so yeah, I think that's a big one because nobody's like, you know, we need a mobile app and we're already Dart developers, so let's <laughs> let's let's do Flutter. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, there's a ton, I, I don't know. There's tons maybe, of people who but, know React and JavaScript, right? Yeah, and so there's uh, it's it's just a natural step to go from React JS to React Native, and we found that people. I would say most React Native developers came from React.js. And so not only that, but like if a web developer reviews a pull request into a React Native repo, they're going to be able to read it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's big. I think that's actually the biggest thing. And I 
I've, I've said this before. I don't know how fair it is, but I say it because it, it sounds cool. Uh, I say that flutter is better at all the things that don't matter. <laughs> and one of the big things that matters is that community. Um, and the community is just massive. React JS is the biggest web framework in the world now. And React Native plays right off of that. The amount of big name companies that have put themselves behind React Native and are using it in their right. products. Yeah, so huge. Microsoft is rebuilding Office in React Native. They're investing very heavily into React Native. And I see them in the discussions with the core, core team Discord, Microsoft developers all the time uh, interacting in there. They're heavily invested in it. So that's a huge one. I know Microsoft is doing some stuff with Flutter, but it does seem to be more of an experiment, you know, more so than clearly like rebuilding Office. That's a that's a big investment into React right, Native. Right, that's not really experiment territory. That's right. <laughs> commitment. Totally. <laughs> Twitter.com uses React Native Web. Uh, that's, that's a big vote of confidence there for that technology. Uh, and the creator of React Native Web works at Facebook now. Shopify has gone all in on on React Native. Discord is fully re- React Native. If you use the React Native or if you use their their mobile app, that's a that's a React Native app. And I use I use Discord a lot, and that's been a great great app. I know Walmart is pretty deep into it as well. Uber Eats and of course Facebook and Instagram uh, are using it all very heavily. Uh, on the Flutter side, obviously there's Google, and there are a few other. Uh, company, big name companies that are using it, but the the list is not as big. There's also the third party modules, which we talked about before. NPM modules that you can use JavaScript. You know, like even just JavaScript modules. We we used Ramda for a while, which Ramda is just a JavaScript thing. It wasn't built for React Native, but we could use it in React Native if we wanted to. Not every JavaScript package will work in React Native, clearly, but a lot of them do. And that's that's really cool. And the ones that can't can be often ported, you know, a little bit more easily to that. Uh, and I, I think that Flutter will always be behind in that regard. I, I can't see any way that they would catch up with the third party modules that are available. The JavaScript community likes to likes to uh, build modules. <laughs> they sure do. I started <laughs> one last night, actually. I started bank- making one. There you go. Mobex State Tree and just a little aside, Mobex State Tree and Firestore and uh, making those things work together automatically so that if you updated your store, it would actually update on someone else's device who is also like monitoring the same bit of data. Basically, it's it's like updates across devices. It's very cool, but that is a future episode. <laughs> I think another thing with React Native is the fact that you can drop down to native really easily is yeah. really big. And that's something I've been kind of passionate about the idea that when you need to drop down to native, just do it. Like drop down, write some objective C, write some Java and, you know, move along. It's it's okay. It's totally fine to do that. Even if you had to do that for 10% of your app, you're still saving 90%. So, for me, that's that's a big big advantage. And I know that Flutter you can do that. It's just that it's not as it's not as uh natural, I don't think. So, uh, and I also think uh, once the new architecture lands, that that's gonna the the gap's gonna widen there. I do think that both are viable options, though. I think that Flutter isn't that far behind in a lot of things, and it's certainly good enough. And there's some things that it's just really good. At. It's way better. Uh, some of the developer experience things are just better overall. They've really focused on it uh, at Google. So there, there's a I think there's there's an argument to be made that that you could go with Flutter instead of React Native. 
you're going to have a little harder time finding engineers who want to do Dart or who know how to do Dart. Wouldn't you agree with that, Robin? Yeah, you may be able to draw some from the Java community, but in my experience, a Java developer is more likely to want to do Android. Pure, yeah. pure Android. Yeah, yeah. That is true, though. Like, if you, There are a lot of Java developers out there. And uh, you could you could pull from them for sure, but you're you're kind of pulling from one one group. The web community is just so much bigger, and uh, is continuing to grow. So yeah, I think that's uh, that's kind of kind of the my opinion overall. I obviously React Native still my jam. I really love React Native, and I love the direction we're going with it as a community and whatnot. But you do uh, a whole podcast about it. Yeah, right. I think it's pretty clear where you fall. react native core we do (laughs) ignite chain react we do all this stuff with react native so we're pretty heavily invested and you can take that with a grain of salt obviously but i think for the the audience that we're speaking to here which is react native developers uh this hopefully gives you a little bit of a taste of what flutter 2 is all about um certainly not trying to disparage the work that's done in it it's um amazing some amazing stuff that i think will push react native itself and in some cases exceed it and we need to make sure that as a community we're stepping up and providing that that experience that that is at least as good uh but yeah it's it's pretty exciting to see these types of technologies popping up all over well i think that we can call that a wrap a little bit shorter episode this time, so we're going to go ahead and bring back our weird bugs part of the episode, which we do have time for today. Robin, I see you have some notes here. Do you you have a weird bug? Uh, I had a weird bug this week. Okay, I uh, want to hear about this. <laughs> it was one of those like bang your head against the wall because you can't figure it out, and then it just clicks, and you're really excited. Uh, I was working on, so I had a component in our app that was using a library called, uh, I think it's called React Native Card Flip. But it's basically just a little component that lets you specify a front and a back. And if you tap on it, it will flip. Like, it'll animate like it's flipping over. And so what was happening was you would flip it and it would work and you would flip it. And if you kept flipping it, eventually it would start to duplicate like you would flip it and but it would create a new card in front of the original <laughs> card and then keep just like stacking and i was <laughs> like this is weird it's a card trick <laughs> so after like putting console logs all over the place uh i finally and like not figuring out why i was doing it i realized actually from my logging that once the original once the the page first rendered the front mm-hmm. and the back component never re-rendered. Even if, even when one was displaying, the other one didn't unmount. They were both okay. staying rendered. So I was like, hmm, that's weird. It was not really what I expected. So that was my first clue. And then I decided to add some debug styling. So, you know, some borders. Yeah. Border red, background yellow. <laughs> <The> typical, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, some fun borders. And what I noticed was when the back of the card was showing, you could actually see the front of the card behind mm. it. And so the, okay. the the touchable area, there was just like a little area around a close icon on the back yeah. of the card. 
And then behind it, you were actually seeing the touchable area on the front of the card. So if you didn't exactly hit the close icon, what you were doing was actually tapping the front. And so telling the card to flip to the back, even though the back was already <laughs> showing. And so it was just like adding cards. Oh, my goodness. And it got like sort of backwards, like reversed of itself. And so uh, what I did was just make sure that the 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 back of the card was completely covering the front. And so the touchable area, you were always touching the correct touchable area and it fixed the bug. You know, to me that just, it shows how much of our profession is just smoke and mirrors. <laughs> like the, it, we're trying to make this feel like a card flipping, but clearly there's like something in the background that's not being rendered. That's, you know, being covered up and it, it's all just smoke and mirrors. Yeah. And how <laughs> so often, like, it's surprisingly frequent that the thing that helps me figure out a bug is like adding weird, crazy color borders. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and console yeah. logs, like the console logs. Basics. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Debugging. Oh, fun, 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 fun. Very cool. Nice. Well, I think we can call that an episode. Uh, where can people find you, Robin? I'm at Robin underscore Hines with an E at the end on Twitter. Perfect. And I'm at Jamin Holmgren. You can find React Native Radio at React Native RDIO. As always, thanks to our producer and editor, Todd Wirth, our transcript and release coordinator, Jed Bartoski, and our social media coordinator, Missy Warren. Thanks to our sponsor, Infinite Red. Check us out, infinite.red slash React Native. Special thanks to all of you listening today. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't. Send this episode to someone who's maybe curious about Dart or Flutter 2 or, you know, alternatives and see what they think. Uh, You can also, if you're a senior level React Native engineer or someone wanting to get into React Native as a senior level engineer, located in the US or Canada, go to careers.infinite.red. We'll see you all next time. Bye.